0: All right, as our ushers are assisting you, help them out and pass the buckets, blessings to them. Oh, man, I don't know if you saw all the teenagers out front tonight. There's a whole pack of them. And so we pray blessings over them tonight. Pastor Jimmy told him, he said, listen, guys, you break 100 tonight, I'll shave my head and my hair. And so I went out there a minute ago, and I said, what you at? And he said, I'm at 105. And I said, you know what that means? <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> But praise the Lord. We love teenagers around here, so God bless you. That's part of your covenant of giving with us, to be able to minister to teenagers. So we appreciate that. All right. We've been talking about uh, the words out of our mouth. I'm going to go a little further tonight. Look while you're there in Proverbs. Go to Proverbs chapter 8. Proverbs chapter 8. And you know, your mind walks out what your thoughts are. Every one of us. And how does my mind walk out my thoughts? Well, the way my mind walks out my thoughts is every time I open my mouth, I'm releasing the thoughts that are going along in my head. And that could be good or bad, negative or positive, life or death, or even blessing and cursing. But don't allow your words to be uh, something that's a wasteland or that destroys you, okay? Get a hold of your words and begin to watch what you speak out of your mouth. So we're going to take off here. Proverbs chapter 8. And if, if you don't read the Proverbs, I encourage you to read the Proverbs. One of the best ways to understand how to read the Proverbs is whatever day of the month it is, you read that one. There's 31 Proverbs. What is today? The 21st. I was going to say the 15th. I'm not even close. <laughs> this month's been a blur. So you would have read the 21st, uh, the, the 21st proverb today. The Proverbs are about 3Ms. They're about your morals They're about your money, and they're about your mouth. You get in there and study. I'm going to tell you, these things line me out every day. I love the Proverbs. So here we are, Proverbs chapter 8. Let's begin reading in verse number 6. Listen, for I will speak of excellent or worthy things, and from the opening of my lips will come right things. For my mouth will speak the truth, Wickedness is an abomination or detestable to my lips. All the words of my mouth are with righteousness. Nothing or crooked or perverse is in them. Now, when I look at all these things, he said, this would be something great for every one of us to speak over our lives every day. I thank you, Father God, I speak excellent things. He said, my lips speak right things. My mouth speaks truth. And the words of my mouth are righteousness. And so when I look at all he's telling us to do, man, we got to begin to get a hold of this. And and what I see a lot of times in our life, you may be born again. You may be saved. But let me ask you this question when it comes to has salvation reached your mouth? In other words, have you started talking like you're saved? Because your words are not only critical to what happens to your life on this earth, your words are part of the reason how you spend how you'll spend eternity. That's Romans ten nine and ten. You believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, you'll spend eternity with Jesus. And so you got to begin to see this, guys. That when I get born again, I I don't get a whole new body. I don't get a brand new hairdo. I've always said this. The man, I wish I did. I get born again every week and get more hair. But that's not happen when you get born again. God comes in and He recreates your heart. But that's just point A. Then you know what's got to take place? Romans 12, uh, 1 and 2 says, Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of my mind to the Word. So i got to begin to get the Word in me. Get the Word. See, I'm not downplaying salvation. But salvation is just the beginning point. That's entry-level Christianity. And so I begin to get my mind renewed to the Word of God. And then what do I got to do? I got to start speaking the Word. I got to start speaking the Word. So that's what I mean. Has your mouth caught up to you being born again? If it hasn't, it's not too late. But so many times, you know what? When people get born again, they think that's it. That's it. No, that's just the beginning. God wants us to get the Word on the inside of us. Now look over a couple books to, to Proverbs chapter 10. Proverbs chapter 10. We could could stay here all night in the Proverbs and hit on these and never cover all this that it talks about our mouth. Verse 19. In the multitudes of words, I like to say this, in the multitudes of my words, sin is not lacking or absent. One translation says, in the multitudes of words, transgression is unavoidable. So you know what this is talking... When you talk too much, I'm going to tell you, you're doomed to sin. That's why I believe every one of us need to understand James 1.19. Be swift to hear and slow to speak. Have you ever noticed that's why God gave us two ears and just one mouth? He didn't give us two mouths and one ear. Hey, that'd be dangerous, wouldn't it? Woo, hallelujah. Thank God for that. But right here, He's telling us about my words. Look what he goes on to say. But he who restrains his lips is wise. In other words, he who learns not to just say whatever comes to his thoughts or is on the tip of his tongue. Remember the saying this? You better watch it. You're going to eat those words. Well, that's true. That's true. This is what he's talking about. Verse 20. The tongue of the righteous is as choice silver. But the heart of the wicked is worthless. You know what the message says there? The blabber is worthless. And so right here, he's just warning us, guys, that if I don't learn to control my tongue, my tongue is like a loaded weapon. Man, it'll just start shooting things and saying things, and I'm going to tell you, it's not good. Now, I want to take you to one more Proverbs, and this is probably the most famous of them all, Proverbs chapter 18. Proverbs 18. Now, the reason I'm hitting all these in Proverbs, and I believe the Lord wants to get this down on the inside of us, where I begin to understand that my tongue is a very powerful weapon. So is yours. Proverbs 18, verse 20. A man's stomach shall be satisfied from the fruit of his mouth. Now, look at that real close there. How did it say a man's stomach would be satisfied? By the fruit of his mouth. So let me ask you that right now. What type of fruit is your mouth producing? Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. So look what he keeps on saying. From the produce or the harvest of his lips, he shall be filled. The Amplified there says... With the consequences of his words, he will be satisfied. Now, if you'll notice in there, he said his mouth and his lips. So he's putting the responsibility on us, every one of us. Now, verse number 21 is one of the most famous that you'll ever read on on the tongue. And it says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Now, note there, it didn't say death and life are in the power of your checkbook or your savings account, or your job. Death and life are not even a result of who our president is. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Now listen what the New International Version says there. It says, the tongue has the power of life and death. So think about this just for a minute here. If life and death is in my tongue, I better learn to watch what I'm saying. Because there's no middle ground. There's no option C. All I see there is A and B. You're either speaking life or you're speaking death. One of the two. Now, let me paraphrase this just a little more here for you. The quality of life that you are living right now is a result of the words you have spoken over your life. Whether success or lack of. Now, you can begin to think about this, some of the words that have come out of your mouth today. And they may not have been the greatest words. But I'm going to tell you, I believe the Proverbs here are trying to get us to understand. Be careful, little mouth, what you say. Put a guard over it. And man, begin to speak the things of God. I encourage you, speak the things of God over your house. Speak the things of God over your children, your life every situation right now now read a little further verse 22 and he who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the lord and i used to look at this verse and i looked at this verse and i looked at this verse and i said lord this is so random that verses 20 and 21 talk about life and death being in the power of the tongue and all of a sudden, it's like he just changes gears completely, and he gets over and says, He who finds a wife finds a good thing, and obtains favor of the Lord. And so I would look at that, and I'd look at that, and I do believe that that anybody who finds a wife finds a good thing. Genesis one thirty one, the Lord said that everything I created is good. And so when you find a wife, not only do you find a good thing, you obtain favor of the Lord. Now, some of you are excited about that. But here's what came out of this verse right here. And some of you said, Pastor, we're talking about the confession. Get a grip here. You know what I see here, and this is what I came across. The reason that verse is right there is this Your marriage will never be any better than what you speak of, right Uh, that hurt pastor your marriage your spouse will never be any better than what proceeds out of your mouth to the level that you speak about your marriage it will never be any better than what you're speaking well pastor all we ever do is fight we fight like cats and dogs I'm telling you, she makes me so mad. I get so angry with him. And see, we are able to say these words, and I realize with marriage what ends up happening a lot of times. And before long, you know what you say? We're just not compatible. Well, welcome to the NFL. Who is? Because when you get married, you marry your opposite. I've always said this about marriage. God. That's God's sense of humor. Marriage is. And so before long, man, we begin to talk about we should have never got married. You know, and before long, you begin to say things like the D word. Well, we'd be just better off getting a divorce. Now listen, what you're beginning to say is we should have just got a divorce. We should have got a divorce. And what I wanted you to know about the devil, the devil has big ears, huge ears, elephant ears. And he hears everything you're saying. And he said, listens to his little demons. He said, look what they're saying. They always fight all the time. Go to work, help them out. And they're talking about divorce, go help them assist them. But what's bad sometimes in marriage, that we don't need the devil. Well, you're selfish, Sue. You're Judy Attitudey, and, and if your names are those, I'm not talking to you specifically. Sorry, Judy. You're a good Attitudey, Judy. <laughs> I shouldn't have said that. But you see what I'm talking about, before long we just start yakking and our mouth just starts flying and we say, whatever comes to it. And so I like to look at this right here and say this, do you want a better marriage? Do you want a great marriage? Then speak life. Speak blessings. Continually just start speaking and some of you say, well, there's nothing good about my husband. The only thing good he does is get out of bed. Well, tell him you're the best getter out of bed than I know. Find something positive. Say, your eyes are beautiful. Quit saying negative over and over and talking about cursing and stuff. You know, remember this old saying, sticks and stones will break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Well, you know, whoever said that, they lied. They flat out lied. Because sticks and stones will break my bones, but words will break my heart. And so this is what happens. And what I'm telling you about, even in this area about speaking over your marriage, the same mouth that severed a relationship can be the very same mouth that can restore a relationship. But you got to start working on your mouth. I'm going to tell you guys, when I see people that have great marriages, if you want to see a great marriage, just listen to how they talk to each other. They don't say, stupid, get in the car. Don't say stuff like, we don't say, you know. And so, look at good marriages and realize, they didn't get there that way because they got a great word from the fortune cookie. You get there by speaking the things of God. And so, when I look at everything that he says right here in this, and i got to believe this. Do you know the single most reliable predictor of success and failure is not how affectionate you are, It's not how many common interests you have. It's not finances. It's the words that are spoken out of our mouths. Because you know what our words do? Our words label us. Our words identify us. And they put life into motion. Some of you say, man, I did not want to hear that tonight. Well, I'm telling you that. Begin to change your vocabulary. Change your vocabulary, you know. Begin to speak the word of God. You know, when you, you learn to speak other languages, whether it's English or Spanish, it may take you a little while. But you ones who can speak many different languages, you just kept with it and you kept with Well, I'm going to teach you a new language tonight. And you know what? It's called Christianese. That you begin to speak the Word of God. Some of you say, well, that's a novel idea. I've never thought that. Go with me to the book of Matthew, chapter number 12. Matthew 12, Matthew 12. Oh, this is good. Now, guys, we were here last week. But I didn't get as far as I wanted, so we're going to go back and look at this. Now, as you're turning to Matthew 12, listen, guys, transformation in any area of my life is a process. Even what I talked about when you got born again. Remember, if you were here on Sunday morning, we talked about Hebrews chapter 10, verse 14. It says, You are being sanctified. You are being sanctified. I believe for some of you, the the beginning point is this, is that you begin to become very aware of the words you speak. Become conscious of the words you speak. Pay close attention. And you watch how God will begin to transform you. He'll begin to use you. He'll begin to use you. You know, so many times we we, we start talking about things that are happening in our society, and if you're not careful, you jump on board. Right now, it's easy for people to say, oh man, Pastor, it's bad. The economy's bad. I don't know if we're going to make it. What God say? I'll, I'll take care of you. I'll supply all your needs. Oh, you know, right now, there's this hepatitis A that's going around. I, I know, me and my kids will probably get it. Oh, you know, Pastor, the winter season's coming, and the Hong Kong flu, the, the South African flu. the Man, we can label them all. up. You know what? That'll be at my house. I'll, I'll be the first to get it. You watch what I tell you. And then when we get it, it's almost like we're freaked out because we prophesied what would happen in our life. And so don't go to work and just chime in with people. I mean, I hear a lot of times I start talking about, oh man, my wife, she's this and she's that. And if you're not careful, you'll jump in and start agreeing. Don't agree with that stuff. Matthew 12. Verse, oh, let's go to verse 33. Matthew 12, 33. Either make the tree good and its fruit will be good, or else make the tree bad, and its fruit will be bad. For the tree is known or recognized by its fruit. Now, the fruit in our life is an expression of our character, what he's talking about. Verse 34, brood of vipers, or minds like a snake pit, how can you, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So right here he tells me, my mouth is connected to my heart. The words that you and I speak, guys, are a direct indicator of what's in my heart. And what's in my heart is a result of what I've put in. Now, I can watch Jerry Springer all day, and I'm going to tell you, it's going to manifest. And I can watch the days of my life all day. And I can get very good at the singing bee. Where I can start taking time getting the word of God on the inside of me. Because he said something here that's very crucial for each one of us in here to know. Out of the abundance of my heart, my mouth is going to speak. And so what's in there is going to come out. That's why when you get in a real tight situation, you'll find out what you've, what's, what's been put in there. I've had situations that have come, and I mean it was at the spur of the moment. You know what would jump out of my mouth? In the name of Jesus. Jesus would just jump out. And so that's where you got to get where when situations in life come, the word of God comes out of your mouth. So listen what he says here, because in the very next verse he says, these words will create either evil or good. Look in verse 35. A good man, out of the good treasure of his heart, bringeth forth good things. An evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth evil things. Now, where did Jesus say the good or the evil would come from? Look what he said again. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart. From his heart. Not staying up late. Not winning the lottery. Not on payday. He said something interesting here. He said, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart. Now, I want you to look real close again in verse 35. Because he says, a good man... Or an evil man. So who brought it forth? Man did. Me and you did. And so if we're the ones bringing these things forth, we better start watching what we're doing. Because the things that are put in our heart, these treasures in our heart, guys, they cannot stay hidden. You know what's going to happen? They're going to be spoken out of our mouth. Whatever is in your heart is going to come out of your mouth. Don't care who you are. Verse number 36, but I say to you that for every idle word men, me, you may speak, we will give an account of it in the day of judgment. So when I look at this, I believe right here Jesus is really wanting to see us very clearly the importance of. The significance and even the power of the words that we speak out of our mouth. Now look close attention what he said. For every idle word that men may speak. Now listen to all the meanings of that word, idle word. It means inoperative, non-working, or careless. Now I don't know that any one of us can tell you exactly how much a word is worth. But it must be worth enough that God records every idle or careless word me and you speak. And some of you may ask, well, how does he do that? Well, I don't know. I'm not God. I just know he does this. I don't know if he's taught the angel shorthand. I don't know what he does. But some of them probably get writer's cramp with some of us. They say, man, this guy never shuts up the careless words. I don't know if he's got a big recorder in I don't know how he does it, but I know he does it because he tells us, you're going to give an account for it on the day to come. And so Jesus right here, I believe, he's telling us the significance. And so look what he says in verse 37. For by your words. Now I highlight that, man, I've got them lined in my Bible. For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. Now, what Jesus is telling us right here, he said, listen, guys, you're going to take responsibility for your words that come out of your mouth. But not only are you going to be held responsible for those words, your words out of your mouth are going to be justifying you or they're going to be condemning you. They're going to call you to be innocent or they're going to cause you to be guilty. And so he's just letting us know, guys, that right here, we're going to be held responsible for everything that he's telling us here. Now, by your words, by my words, and we have a problem in our society, and it's called this. We have a constitutional right or a constitutional amendment that's called free speech. Now, I can say whatever I want. Well, I want you to know in the kingdom of God, there is no such thing as free speech. Your words are going to cost you something. Your words have meaning. Your words have purpose. And so through the Scriptures here, you begin to see what Jesus says. Now, I think one of the greatest things every one of us can do is learn to ask Father God, first of all, help me, Lord. Help me. Help me with my mouth. Help me with the things that I say. But I believe also you need to take it a step further. And if you've had problems in this area, you need to get around someone that will hold you accountable. What do you mean, hold me accountable? Well, every time that you say something that doesn't agree with the Word of God, they get to slap you on the head real hard. No, not that. No, they get to say to you. And so when you become accountable to someone, you are giving them permission to speak into your life and correct you. Now, guys, I've been born again for a number of years of my life, and I never knew my words are so important. I didn't know any of that when we started reading the Bible which was a novel idea. But when we started reading the Word of God, we began to figure out, look at all this that's saying here. And so me and Shelly, we made a pact as husband and wife that if either one of us ever say anything that disagrees with the Word of God, the other one had permission to, to speak into their life. And so we'd be driving down the road and I'd say something stupid that didn't line up with the Word of God. And you know what she'd say to me? Is that what you're believing for? And I'd say, well, no. And it irritated me, but I knew she was right. And the thing that really irritated me, that it was a run about 10 to 1. She got to correct me 10 times to my 1, it ticked me off. Man, I would celebrate when I'd catch her saying something. She never would say anything negative. All she'd do is speak the Word of God, and speak the Word of God. But you know what? Before long, I started realizing, man, my words are powerful. And so what happened, I became very conscious of what came out of my mouth. And to this day, man, I become very conscious. When people will start talking about sickness, and they'll say, man, everybody's getting it. Huh, not me. Now, I don't have to say it out loud. I don't have to look at them. I ain't getting that stupid. I just said, that and I say, Thank you, Father God, I'm not getting that. You promised in Psalm 91, no sickness or disease will come near my dwelling. A thousand will fall at my right hand and ten thousand at my right hand, But it shall not come near my dwelling. And so all I begin to do is I'm going to agree with what the Word of God said. And start speaking the Word of God. When things are difficult in your life and you've had, had areas in your life where you have failed re-repeating, you start speaking of uh, Philippians 4:13. I can do all things through Christ. I can, I can, I can do all things, I can do all things through Christ. I used to use that in school, guys, all the time. I didn't make good grades in school and I'm just like most of you. It wasn't because I was stupid. I had a problem called lazy. Lazy. And I got to college and I started speaking the word of God. I thank you, Father God. I got the mind. I thank you, Father God. I can learn this. I understand this. And I remember one semester in college, I made straight A's. And my dad had Thomas faith and he said, I won't believe it until I see the report card. So I popped that thing out and showed it. And then when it comes to times in your life where, man, things are tight, you begin to say, I thank you, Father God, you promised. You promised me, Philippians 4.19, you shall supply my needs. I thank you, Father God, you're supplying my needs. My father owns the cattle on the thousand hill. My father is the one who put the gold, the silver, the oil there. My father is El Shaddai, the all-sufficient. He's Jehovah Jireh, the provider. I thank you today, Father God. And it's like I've said numerous times in here, you start quoting the Word of God. Psalm 65, 13 says, man, He has crowned my year with goodness and my paths are dripping with abundance. Oh, He is loading me. This is Psalm 69. He's loading me with benefits today. All I'm beginning to do, guys, is get in agreement with what the Word of God says. Instead of getting agreement with what my circumstances say. And begin to speak the things of God. I thank you, Lord, you're blessing me. I thank you, Father God. Now, all I'm doing, guys, is showing you stuff that I've done year after year after year after year. Year after year. I stood for jobs this way, guys. I stood on jobs. I I said, I thank you, Father God. Thank you. You've got a great job for me. I thank you, Father God. And things would happen. Things would begin to happen. Well, it's not because I carry a rabbit's foot. It's not because I knock on wood. It's the Word of God. You begin to get a hold of it. You begin to agree with it speak the word over your family Speak. some of you that are having issues where you work because of co-workers you change the atmosphere you change the tone of that place how by your words instead of saying everyday all they do in here is gossip they fight they talk a bunch of cutthroats. they would stab their own mother in the back you start going in there and saying I thank you Father God this place is peace this place is, is awesome to work at. I got a great, bo- I thank you, Father God. So you begin to see what happens with our words. Just easy, day by day, by day, by day, by day. And I've given you huge illustrations, whether it's your marriage, your job, your, your, your physical body. I don't say this, guys, to brag. I, mean, I, 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 don't, I couldn't tell you the last time I've been to a doctor. You know why? I always say, Dr. Jesus is my doctor. And I'm not slapping you if you go to the doctor. You know, I, I just don't do it. It was years back, years back. And man, I had battled some stuff in my body for days and days and days and weeks. And Shelly said, please, please just go to the doctor, please. And I said, no, by the stripes, I'm healed, I'm healed. Well, and I got where I'd lost my voice. Whole month of January almost. And so I went to the doctor and he looked at me and he said, Mr. Swan, you're a very, very sick man. And I looked at him and he said, I would like to put you in the hospital. And I said to him, that's not going to happen. I said, I'm preaching tonight. And he kind of looked at me and he said, who is your personal doctor? And this was no joke. I looked at him and I said, well, that would be Jesus. And I said, I've not been to a doctor in years. and, And so it's because all I do is I get in agreement with the word of God. 1 Peter 2, 24 says, by his stripes I'm healed. So you know what I say? I thank you, Father God. I walk in divine health. I walk no sickness or disease comes near me. I've been marinated in divine health. You know what God has done for me? He has pickled me in divine health. That I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Father God. Now, some of you may think I'm crazy. I speak that constantly, not over all my life. My wife, my kids, my... I say, thank you, Father God. We walk in divine health. Now, as easy as I do, you can do that too. You know why? Because God's no respecter of persons. And so some of you just say, "Well, he's crazy. Well, I'm just crazy enough to believe the Word of God. I'm going to tell you, it's one of those deals. When I see stuff in the Bible, I'm going to believe it. I'm going to speak it. That's why it's so important for you guys. So important to get the Word of God in you. And out of the abundance of the heart, your mouth starts speaking. Bow your head. Let me pray over you right now. Father God, we thank you tonight. For-